0: 4 one, one, 4
1: Hello, this is One Girl One Mike Podcast. I am Valerie Nicole. This is episode number 19. Yay, JJ, you ain't got no bell in here for episode 19. Go get the bell so we can ring it for episode 19. Episode 19. Fresh off of episode 18, that <laughs> y'all just listen to ep- episode 18, because I'm not even gonna say what it was about because of the episode that I'm doing today. It was it was the sex edition.
0: <laughs> Oh my
1: (laughs) So we're going to just skip over that (laughs) recap of the last episode And we're going to just get right into this episode Because this episode is actually an episode about religion And we are here with Pastor Eric Wilkerson Not just a pastor, my pastor Pastor Eric Wilkerson, where's the bill at? Hey Hey Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm excited to have you here. I wanted to... Oh, wait. Here's the bell now. Ring it, because we got to ring it for episode 19 and for Pastor being here, right? Uh-huh. Um. First of all, I want to say thank you so much, Pastor, for taking time out of your busy schedule because I know you are so busy with everything and actually... Um, carving out time to come here and sit down and talk to me.
2: You're welcome, Val. I'm I'm uh, excited to be here and uh, interested in your subject matter today. So we yeah, yeah see what's up.
1: Okay, so I want to start off by saying when I said that I was going to do an episode on religion, first of all, my comments on Facebook went crazy, and I have not had so many arguments before. <laughs> I have been, oh my god, arguing with people because I really wanted to talk to people and ask them like, what would you ask a pastor, and Coming from that, I want to say, first of all, thank you, because a lot of questions people were asking, I did not know that people didn't know this stuff. Okay. And I was a little shocked. So let's just start off by, I already said that you are my pastor, right? What? I, what? I belong to the church that you pastor. And I joined your church um, 2012. So I've been going there about what? What is that? Like seven three, years. Seven years. Right. So I was like 33 when I joined church. That was the first church I've ever joined. I never had a church home before I joined your church. Oh did really? I, mm-hmm, I did not grow up in church. Um, mm-hmm. I actually was going to be Muslim at one point. I was really <laughs> about to. Um, yeah. Go that route, but I didn't And so I joined your church 2012 That was the first church that I ever joined And what have, how I got introduced To your church is through a really good friend of mine Who has actually been on this show, everybody already know My really good friend, my goddaughter's mother She actually gave me a DVD that you did it was a three-day um seminar and the um word that you were teaching was so profound like I couldn't watch it all at one time but I kept going back home to finish the DVD and one of the subject matters were um I think it was like don't hate the player hate the game like taking yourself out off the market when you've been hurt and like healing properly so that you can go into the next situation completely healed and um how man has messed with fruit. I mean, messed with the seed of fruit. And so the devil has messed with the seed of man far as like talking about homosexuality and things like that. And it was just like, I had never, ever heard that before. It was very profound. Um, It actually changed my life. Cause then I started going to Bible class every Wednesday and I would sit there with my arms folded and a frown on my face because I couldn't believe the stuff that you were saying, like, almost to the point. Because I can remember, like, being so shy, not wanting to ask a question, but my facial expression was showing. And you would say, hey, what's, you know, you have a question. Like, what's wrong? Like, why are you looking like that? And i was like, I just never heard this before. So you're saying, you know, if I sin, that God will forgive me? And you're like, yes. If I ask for forgiveness, yes.
2: Right. Period. Yes. We're <laughs> saved by grace. And an element, component of grace is forgiveness. Forgiveness is a necessary component to any relationship. No relationship can survive without forgiveness. That's not just your relationship with God. That's any relationship.
0: Mm. Something's
2: bound to happen. Yes, that you've got to forgive folk for too maintain that relationship
1: so okay before we get because see
2: it's so good this is gonna be a good
1: episode y'all it is so before we get too deep i want to say so okay pastor how old are you so we can get a little background on you
2: i am 56 years old 56, I am
1: 56. um so i don't tell people that you are single because women and single pastors mm-hmm. oh my god
2: and, and not just women people and single pastors you know people just people have a problem with uh with you doing what they feel like, if you're gonna do what God has given you to do, you need to be married to do it. Yeah. And then I tell people, you know, Jesus wasn't married, and then their response is always, "Well, you ain't Jesus." Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I get that. That's not my point. My point is, is that you can do what God gave you to do uh, without being married. But, although I think uh, it's a good idea to be married, but I mean, that has to be in God's time. You can't, you can't rush or force something like marriage.
1: Okay, so um, how long have you been pastoring, teaching?
2: I've been pastoring uh, eighteen years.
1: How long have you um, had your church up from, or up from the World Ministries? By the way,
2: yeah, up from the World Ministries, uh, I started it. So uh, I've been pastoring eighteen years, and the church itself is eighteen years old.
1: Oh, okay, where is the church located? At? It's
2: located on Puritan and Stopa, one block west of Livernois. So if you get to Puritan and Livernois, you can't miss it.
1: Okay. So you've been pastoring 18 years and you founded this church. What made you start pastoring? Like, how did you?
2: Well, I mean, the the, the short answer is, is that God called me to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the detailed answer is that I was going from church to church, uh, seeking something specific, not general. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are just uh, certain things I thought that should be present in the message that's being shared in church that I was looking for and I couldn't find it. And over the years of hungering and thirsting after it, mm-hmm. uh, I discovered that God had filled me with what I was actually hungering and thirsting for. Wow. And then he gave me a word in 2001 to start up from the world Ministries, And we started in a community room in a con in a, an in apartment complex that I lived in and we stayed there a year. And then we got a hotel suite, uh, for the second year and then after two years we bought the building that we're currently in
1: wow so you were only you had only started your church for two years before you bought the building
2: yeah we, we were two years old when we got that building
1: wow that's that's really good yeah so uh, I know I started off by saying thank you for coming but I want to say thank you for pastoring me for as long as you have pastored me um a lot of things I, I just turned 40 this year and a lot of things I'm not gonna say a lot like All of who I am is like who I am as a person, what makes me, me and my beliefs, my moral compass, my it all came from up from the world ministry.
2: Well, that's 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 great. That's uh, then that means we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. um, And that
2: and that's your first time. Being a member of the church, I, I I like that. I enjoy that because you had kind of like a blank canvas.
1: I was definitely that's what I was actually that's what I was about to say. Like, I was definitely a blank canvas and almost like a kid, like n- petting a pit, pit petting a pit boy, but don't know the, the pit bull is probably dangerous. But the baby's just like I don't know. Like that's how I was in church. Are, are you calling me a pit bull? Now? No, 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 no. <laughs> Your word is like a pit because oh, it lock oh, in oh, and yeah. then, <laughs> No, but okay. So one of the first things when I joined church in t- 2012, I was going through a breakup. So like I hadn't even joined church, but I was just coming to Bible class. And so I was like struggling and going through all this stuff in our first sit down. I still remember it. And you told me cause like he owed me money and you were like, well, when you get done, you know, playing with the devil, you have to give him his stuff back. <laughs> And that tuition to the school of hard knocks is very expensive. Right, I give that advice to this day to people. Right, I tell people that all the time.
2: And you know, sometimes we have to accept our own responsibility associated with the relationships we were in. I mean, if if somebody robbed you,
1: I mean, yeah. But even with accepting responsibility, I still think he should have gave me my money back. Probably, I,
2: <laughs> and I don't disagree with you. Probably should have. But if 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 they didn't voluntarily give give it to you. Just chalk it up as a loss and keep it moving. It's plenty of money out here.
1: Right. And the, and moving. yes, and so boom. Period. Like, cause that's exactly like it made me feel better. Um, not so much as made me feel better, it got me to thinking. Right. Right. Like, so it did your words did comfort me, but it did get me to thinking. So next thing that this does um has really like the foundation of who I am is Your, um, okay, because I'm going to just kind of paraphrase and help me out, right? So like your mind, your soul, and your spirit is all three separate entities and they need to stay separate. So you need to be able to make decisions based on how you feel and not what you know?
2: Well, well you make decisions based on what you know and not how you feel. Right. Yeah. You you have a heart. You have a body. You have Mm -hmm. a heart, a mind, and a soul. Your mind houses your intellect. Mm -hmm. Your heart houses your will. And your soul houses your emotions Mm -hmm. and you need to know that so that you know that when you're emotional it's not good to make a decision you need to calm down and Mm -hmm. then you don't want to do what you feel because feelings are real and sometimes you feel justified doing Mm -hmm. what you feel but because your your heart houses not only your will but the will of God it is best to do the will of God and the ultimate outcome it's going to be better. So it's it's good to know that I have feelings, that they are real, but I can't always act on them.
1: Yes. Yep. So that has been, I've tried to, like, that's been, like, the basis, the anchor of me. Like, I try to always go back to that thought. Like, when it's time to make a decision, okay, what do I feel, what do I know? Exactly. I know what's right, how I feel, may not. I, I can't do what I feel, I have to do what's right. Right. And now I, no, I fall short, you know, but I feel that's still the basis of where I'm coming from.
2: You know it. I know and it, and that's 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 really that's, that
1: seed has been planted.
2: Yeah, and yeah, that's and that's good.
1: So, again, thank you because after having questions about people about religion with this, you know, preparing for this episode, some of the stuff I just say thank you, Pastor. Like, oh, I'm happy I know that. Like, I'm happy that that has already been instilled and right. that seed has been planted in me. I hear people say crazy stuff about Bible stuff all the time, and because I'm I'm not like very well spoken. Spoken on the Bible I just kind of Stay out the conversation But I know better I'm like no That's not right Like no (laughs) Like I can't Get my words together To say it But I know what you're saying Is not right So that I'm happy because Then that gives me Discernment to where I don't have to Entertain that I almost said that BS. So is it Pastor or is it Eric here? Because I, I what almost cussed.
2: What, 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 whatever, uh, I mean, who'd you invite? Whatever you're comfortable with, I'm okay.
1: Because, okay, I'm so okay. you know this is a hip-hop-based podcast. So yeah. I was supposed to sing you the song, right? And I was going to send you, I'm not going to, I don't even want to tell you the song because I didn't send it to you for a reason. Okay. Because after listening to the song, I was just like, Nah. Cause it was the only part I wanted you to hear was kinda like the second verse, it was The Devil is a Lie by Rick Ross and Jay-Z. Oh, I heard the song. You ain't never heard that song. <laughs> yes, I have. Pastor, you heard that song.
2: Yeah. And and since this is a hip hop podcast, just call me MC Walker <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm
1: not not doing it. I'll call you Eric. No, I don't even like I don't even feel comfortable calling you Eric. I'll just call you Pastor. Cause that's what I always call you. So In the song, if y'all want to, I know everybody that's listening, like if you want to listen to the song, that's probably the theme of it. It's the devil is a lie. But I took out Jay-Z, a few bars that he did in the second verse. And basically he was saying like the devil tried to hit me with the Rico, like the Rico law, right? So the devil tried to hit me with the Rico. It's black people. The devil wanna want you to hate your own kind. It got to be the Illuminati of a nigga shine, Right. right? If a nigga rich, oh, that's some nigga shit. Right. Like, so it's only black people that want to look and see you this successful. It got to be associated with the devil. And I think that that is a trick bag. Now, I do believe that if you go into that area or like that entertainment business or whatever like that, that, yeah, there is some things set up. I think it's so unfair that all of our huge celebrities that made it, we have to attach it to the devil because then that's like a deterrent.
2: So people getting involved in the entertainment, yes, industry. in the music industry. Well, I mean, it's definitely something you want to be cautious mm-hmm. concerning. Uh, I, I don't believe I believe that there's some people that are just truly gifted and talented, mm-hmm. and their gifts, talents, and abilities bring them before great men and afford them yes. several opportunities. I mm-hmm. believe that, and then there are there are uh, there are times when if you're not careful, you can be overly mm-hmm. ambitious. Yes. And in doing so, you'll have uh, some forces, uh, evil forces that you'll encounter that'll get you there. Just like in Matthew, the fourth chapter, when Jesus was led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and the devil offered Jesus his kingdom, his power and his glory. He said, all these things will I give you if you'll bow down and worship me. So he saw that Jesus was gifted talented had abilities was ordained by god to be the head and not to tell and he offered him his kingdom first and if you're not patient and overly ambitious you will get yourself caught up uh uh in a situation that will later cost you your soul because at the end of the day what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul so it's not that the devil won't offer you things you got to know that what the devil will only offer you Things that God has already promised you, anyway. Yes. So if you're patient, you're gonna always get what God has for you. But the devil will make your offer before God gets to you, mm. every every single time. Just depending on how gifted, talented, and uh, uh, anointed, and, and what God has ordained
0: mm. for your
2: life. Because the devil's never gonna give his stuff to folk who don't have the goods already. He's after the the, the brightest. He's after the most talented, the most gifted. The most anointed. That, that's who he's after. When he's building this kingdom, he's not building this kingdom with the worst material. He's, right. he's after the best material.
1: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, so that's good. So in order for you to be in that type of realm, you definitely need to know how to navigate.
2: You need discernment. Yes. Most definitely.
1: So, okay, so this is another thing that I wanted to think about, right? So when I first started coming to Bible class, I would be sitting there, and you would always talk about, like, your purpose. Everybody's here for a purpose. Everybody got a purpose. And I can remember sitting there going, like, what is my purpose? I was always looking for my purpose. Did I even talk to you and tell you, like, I I don't have a purpose?
2: Uh, Yeah, and I I assured you that you did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I was looking for my purpose and I was like, I don't know what it is. Is it eating? Because I love to eat. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. Is it shopping? I don't, I don't know. And then, bam, fast forward. Here I am doing a podcast. This is it. Right. Right. Michael Jackson. This you, is it.
2: You you discover it. It's not, I mean, you're born with it. You're born with purpose. And if you just mature, you discover it. Some of us get it earlier than others. Apparently. Tiger Woods, Venus <laughs> Serena. Yes. They got it as children, and then some people are late bloomers, you, uh, you get it you get it later, like <laughs> Colonel Sanders, all the pictures that we see of him uh-huh. are of when he was older, mm-hmm. so he started doing that chicken, <laughs> and, and I'm convinced <laughs> that that chicken was Colonel Sanders' and eleven herbs and spices, so he he discovered that as as an older person, mm-hmm. uh, biblically speaking, Abraham and Sarah yes. You know, what God had purposed for them happened to them as older people. But some of us young, middle-aged, and then uh, some of us uh, discover it when we're older.
1: Yeah, and it has, um, it has actually, everything that you taught is like, is here. It's like, not everything, but like far as like it being easy. Like, it's like, I'm, I always make room for it. Like, right. I'll do this, you know, before work, after work. Like, it's just so easy right. for me. Like, it's never a drag. Like, I always want to come and do this.
2: And you're a natural donut.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah,
2: yeah that's you you're in your element right now. You're so like you like a fish in water right now.
1: So and it's so crazy because like people that know me when they see when they see I have a podcast, they're like, Oh, you should have been doing this. Right. And now when I look back right. like look, when I look back over my life. No <laughs> when I look <laughs> out the back window. I, <laughs> no, but when I do, I'm, a, I'm like I've always been a walking podcast. Right. Always.
2: Yeah, you, you're in your element.
1: Yes, always yeah. facil- Okay, so Christmas time is here, mm-hmm. and I go to a church that do not celebrate Christmas. Every time I tell somebody I do not celebrate Christmas, they go, well, I mean, you a Christian? No, they go, you a Jehovah's Witness? I go, no, I'm not a Jehovah Witness, I'm a Christian. Well, what kind of Christian don't celebrate Christmas?
2: Well, the kind that's uh, enlightened, that understands that Woke. Jesus didn't come from Mary, he came through Mary. And that Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And not to mention the fact that the scripture only gives us one thing that is to be done in remembrance of him. And that is communion. The Bible says Mm -hmm. this do in remembrance Mm -hmm. of me, not these things, not those things, not this, that and the other. The only thing that we have scripture for to be done in remembrance of him is communion so? Uh, Christmas, December twenty-fifth, is not Jesus's birthday, and biblically speaking, we don't have a legal right to be participating in this stuff. And if you snatch the covering off of it, mm-hmm. you'll see it for what it really is.
1: Well, let's take that cover off.
2: Well, it's it's just it's just the marketing of religion. It's it's something that man has done that will allow him to make money off of the fact that Jesus did come. Mm. Uh, if, if, if you really want to get into it, uh, we can attribute all this stuff to the Roman Catholic church. These things were, were things that were celebrated by heathens and pagans and people who had no relationship with God. And instead of getting rid of those things and bringing these people into right covenant relationship with God, they kept these things because they were money makers.
1: So, okay. So what about people that say, cause I get this a lot, right? Well, me celebrating Christmas isn't hurting anything. I, mean, I feel like that when I first joined the church well, as well.
2: When you, when you start talking about gift giving, I mean mm-hmm. we can we can give gifts anytime we want to. Who says that December 25th is the day that you have to get somebody a gift on? You can buy your children toys anytime you want to buy your children toys. The world has set up a day. And we're involved in that day. But the truth of the matter is we're free. We're liberated. You can go shopping whenever you get mm-hmm. you want to, including this season, if you want to go shopping. If right. what you if what you want. Is on sale, uh, and wasn't on sale at other times. Go get it. Right. Yeah. So we're not we're not limited in terms of gift giving and shopping and that kind of stuff. But but believing, you know, lying like Santa Claus brought toys. That's not something we should we should do. And then when you give some consideration to the fact that Santa uh, is spelled S A N T A, and Satan is spelled S A T A N. That's that's really kind of close. A God. <laughs> that comes in the middle of the night, won't come through the door. The Bible says if you don't come in the door, you're a thief and a robber. So, You know, we we want to be careful with all this stuff.
1: So do so what about people that think if they will that they believe that celebrating Christmas doesn't take anything away from them. So it's like, well, me involving myself with Christmas it's just like, OK, I, I celebrate Thanksgiving. Like I celebrate, you know, the Fourth of July and I never you know, I'm, I celebrate Veterans Day. I've never been a vet. I celebrate Fourth of July. I don't really believe in America like me celebrating Christmas. Like wh- how, what does that doing for my salvation?
2: Well, it it here's what it does. There's a thing uh, in the Bible that God talks about more than he talks about anything else, and that's called idolatry. Mm -hmm. And if you say the word slow, it's idolatry. If you break it down, it's really fooling with idol trees. Mm -hmm. Idolatry is the fooling with idol tree. It's not a coincidence that in the beginning, when God dealt with Adam and Eve, it was about a tree that -hmm. they were to leave alone. Mm -hmm. And there's no... Uh, uh, stretch of the imagination for us to understand that this tree that we call a Christmas tree Mm -hmm. is really idolatrous worship. And people say, well, I have a tree and I don't worship it. Well, if you read Jeremiah chapter 10, beginning with verse one through like verse four or five, God tells us don't fool with that tree. Don't go to the forest, cut it down, bring it home, deck it with silver and gold. And then once we do do that, a lot of people aren't even aware that that scripture, Is there because most people don't read the Bible; they only know what their pastor tells them.
1: Yes, and what their grandmother or you know, and that kind mm -hmm. of
2: thing. But uh, after bringing that tree home, decking it with silver and gold, you go get a gift, Mm -hmm. and that gift actually represents a sacrifice because. You, most people are sacrificing this time of year to purchase gifts.
0: Yeah. They're mm-hmm. working
2: full-time, they're working part-time jobs, they're working overtime. That means you're sacrificing to get that money. And when you purchase that gift with the money, that gift itself represents a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So then you take that sacrifice and you walk up to that tree and you bow down to that tree and place that gift at the foot of that tree. That's worship. You just offered, took a gift and laid it at the foot of a tree that's shaped like a triangle now let's deal with that the triangle is the devil's universal symbol that Mm -hmm. tree is shaped like a triangle there's a place in the southern parts of the United States of America that's bordered by three coasts Puerto Rico is one of the coasts Fort Lauderdale Florida is the other one and the third one is Bermuda it's called the Bermuda Triangle where boats and planes have been known to go and disappear the pharaohs who were a type of Satan in the Old Testament Of the Bible, when they were buried, they were buried in pyramids. A pyramid is shaped like a triangle. There, uh, uh, when we uh, years ago, they had this show with these little uh, figures on them called Teletubbies. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Teletubby, uh, whose name was Tinky Winky, who represented the gay community, had a symbol on top of his head, and that symbol was a triangle. He had a red patent leather purse. Mm, I remember the triangle is the devil's universal symbol. When you are trying to summon evil spirits, you get a Ouija board Mm -hmm. in the middle of that Ouija board is a triangle. So we walk up to this tree that's shaped like a triangle. And then we take this sacrifice and bow to it and lay this gift at the foot of this tree. That's worship. Okay. And the first commandments were. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and you don't make images and bow down to those images. So we're actually violating our covenant relationship with God when we're participating in these things.
1: So is the that is okay? So is that the reason why the re, um, the holidays that we don't participate in is Christmas, East, and Easter? Well, and why New Year's? I know why, but
2: well, the the, the reason. Easter, first of all, we're dealing with Easter. Jesus did not die on a Friday. You can't die Friday and be in the ground three days and three nights Mm -hmm. and rise early Sunday morning. It's a mathematical impossibility. You cannot get three days and three nights from Friday evening to early uh, Sunday morning. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you look at all the symbols of Easter, the rabbit, the Mm -hmm. eggs, all of those are fertility symbols. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's really the worshipping of a fertility god. Mm -hmm. That's what the rabbit represents. It's one of the most... Prolific procreators known to mankind. Hugh Hefner built an empire in uh, the southern part of California, and the emblem for it is a rabbit, mm-hmm. a playboy bunny. Why? Because it's where people go and
1: engage in, in crazy fertile stuff.
2: activity. Yeah. Because yes. they, they, they took that rabbit because they know what it means. We don't know what it means, Right. but they know what it means. They know what the egg is representative of and what the rabbit is representative of and why chocolate is involved in that. Jesus did die. He Mm -hmm. was buried. God did raise him from the dead. But the resurrection is not a day. It is a power. Every day that uh, uh, I live free from drugs, I used to be on drugs. Every day that I live free from drugs, I'm experiencing the power of the resurrection. It's not a day. It's a power. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. It's not a day. My Lazarus sister said, "Uh, uh, I know my brother Lazarus is going to rise again at the last day. Jesus said, no. I am. I'm it. It's not a day. It's me. So, again, every day we live free from the stuff we used to be bound by. We're experiencing the power of the resurrection every day. We can buy gifts every day. We can show our love. So that's Christmas for us every day. And the new year is not until the spring.
1: Right. Okay. Mm hmm. When the
2: spring comes, you you see new grass begins to, to come up out of the ground, flowers begin to bloom, the trees begin to bud, the birds begin to sing, and there's a freshness in the air. And if you go in your Bible and, and research it, you will find that the new year actually begins uh, between mid-March to mid-April. And if you look at what nature is showing you, nature at that time is showing you new stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of a new season, which actually begins the new year. The Bible calls it the month for it is the month Abib, A B I B or A V I B, depending on uh, when you when you look it up, what 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 uh, research information you have access to, mm-hmm. and you'll find that Abib is from mid March to mid April. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, He says, "This shall be the beginning of months to you, not to the world, not to Egypt, but to you. I'm going to put you on My time schedule. And if you go back and search the Word of God, every time God did something new. Mm-hmm. It was in the spring.
1: Water was present, right?
2: It was, yeah. You always need water present at every new beginning. But every new thing God did was in the spring. Noah entered the ark in the spring. He got out of the ark in the spring. Everything new God did in the spring. Israel came out of Egypt in the spring. They left the wilderness in the spring. Every time God did a new thing, it was in the spring because that's that's the new fresh season.
1: So I was having a conversation with. Um, this guy, and I was trying to tell him about the new year, right? And I'm like, this isn't, you know, like you're like you gonna to try to do everything in a dead season. Like this is not the, this isn't the new year. Like this isn't the spring. And he was like, I don't care. Like I don't care. Sure. Whatever. Like I'm like, but that's the problem. So because you don't care, because that small thing is not important to you, that's the one thing that's holding you back. I mean, I ain't gonna say holding him back because his life isn't messed up. But I'm just saying, like, that's the part that I really need you to get. The one part that you don't care about. Like, oh, me celebrating Christmas, it don't matter. Okay, whatever. So why would I put my Christmas tree up and just celebrate? He's like, no, that's the one thing. I just was telling my mother that today. My mother. Cause I went like, don't buy me any gifts for Christmas. And she went, you've been celebrating Christmas forty years your whole life. And, and I went, and no, not anymore. I've been stopped celebrating Christmas.
2: Well, I mean, getting back to the New Year thing for just a moment, nature signs declare God's time. When mm-hmm. the sun rises, it's morning. When it's at its highest point, it's noon. When it goes down, it's evening. When the moon comes out. It's night. There are things that God put in nature to help us understand what time it is. When you start talking about times and years and seasons, nature tells us when the new year is. Mm-hmm. And not only does nature tell us, the Bible bears it out. So the word of God is consistent with what goes on in nature. This time, From December 31st to January 1st, it's not the new year. That's the, You don't see anything new during that season. Everything is dead.
1: Yes, it is the dead season. Yes, it's in the middle of the winter.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, so for everybody that didn't know, I don't celebrate. Ask me why I don't celebrate Christmas. That's why my pastor just told y'all. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And and your mother, uh, she could get you gifts whenever she liked, including now. I mean, I, if she wants to give you a gift, I mean, it's it's never wrong to, to give or receive gifts. Uh, I uh, give it to me, I'll take it, but I'm it, I'm not taking it because. It's, it's a Christmas thing. I'm taking it because it's, it's, it's you're expressing the sentiment of your heart. You're doing it at this time of the year because the world is telling you to do it. Like when I worked in corporate America, uh, they would give us a, a holiday bonus. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a bonus coming because I help you make a profit. Right. Right. So if you want to give it to me during this season, I'll take it. But it's really mine. I deserve it. And it's really not a gift because you taxed it. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> if you think I'm not going to take this money that I deserve because you're giving it to me during this time, of the season, you got a second another thing coming.
1: Well, I'm happy that you um that you taught on that too because I think that I can't speak for nobody else. I can only speak for myself. I had to be mindful to not use me not celebrating Christmas, Easter, and New Year's as a way to not fellowship with my family.
2: Absolutely.
1: So I had to be mindful of that. Like, absolutely. don't say, "Oh, I don't celebrate Christmas." Okay, but girl, you can still go over here and eat, play some cards, absolutely, have a drink, be merry, and go home.
2: And it's the time of year when everybody's off work and people come to town and you see relatives you haven't yeah. seen in a while. So you you don't want the devil to use your strength against you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, it's a
2: strength that you don't, but don't allow him to use your strength against you. Go and be with your family. It's a great time to be with your family because it's convenient for everybody to do so. Yeah. yeah and, and, and if you're cooking and you got some lemon pies. <laughs>
1: Uh, Pastor I, Michael, I'd like a slice of that.
2: I <laughs> no, and so,
1: I, I like when you talk about like and don't use that time to try to tell people they shouldn't be celebrating Christmas after they already got their Christmas tree up yeah, yeah, with the gifts. Alone. Like, it's stop, late, just yeah. leave it alone. Just enjoy yeah. your time with your family, Absolutely. eat, go home, and leave those people alone about right. why they shouldn't be celebrating right. Christmas <laughs> and why you don't celebrate Christmas. But you don't get invited back. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so another thing that really. Um, so many things. We, I can sit here and talk to you for two hours. So many things to go. But, like, not having to fix yourself. That is really big. Like, that was the thing that I. it was so hard for me to wrap my mind around, right? Having somebody love me so unconditionally that I don't have to even fix myself. So I, I may need some checking with that because when I tell you, I just kind of, like, let it go. I'm like... You know, well, God is still working on me, so I'm just, you know.
2: Well, I don't know if you want to <laughs> if you want to have that kind of cavalier approach to it, but I think it's important that we understand that He's the Potter, mm-hmm. and we're the clay. That objects that are made from clay didn't make themselves; mm-hmm. they were made by somebody, and and God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's gonna finish. What he started in us, if we ever learn how to get out of the way and learn our role and our part, you don't have to fix yourself. God is going to fix you. You, you, you know, people uh, in churches, we tend to put the burden of holiness on the shoulders of the people. God makes things holy. Holiness is not a lifestyle; it is a state of being.
1: Say that one more time.
2: Holiness is not a lifestyle. When we get through saying, well, you got to live holy, you got to live holy. Now, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. That's how we live. Holiness, Holy and holiness is a destination. God makes things holy. If you look in the word of God, the Bible says that the Sabbath is holy, not because it has a lifestyle. It's the purpose for which the day was set aside to serve. Six days you labor, this day was set aside for you to rest on. The scripture said the tithe is holy unto the Lord. It's not that the tithe has a lifestyle. It's the purpose for which your tithe was set aside. This money is different than the rest of your money. The scripture says that God met uh, Moses on a holy mountain. That was the mountain that God used to meet prophets in. It was set aside and different from all other mountains. The the church is called the holy temple. The Mm -hmm. church doesn't have a lifestyle. It's the purpose for which it's set aside to serve. We go there, we preach, pray, prophesy, and praise. The sanctuary is not supposed to have a multi-purpose use. You don't break it down and eat in it and all that kind of stuff. You need a fellowship hall for that.
1: Right. So, okay, and I want to just be very clear. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that like.
2: Oh, I know you're not. Because my thinking
1: just... has a word. I did. You sent the word and it changed my thinking, right. Right? right? So I have better understanding. So I make better decisions. But I don't, Um. yeah, like, I. because for me, I hate fake perfect. So I, I want to be okay with where I am. Right. So I don't want to try to act like I'm on this level spiritually and I know I'm not there.
2: You know what you call that? You call it hypocrisy. Right. The Greek word for hypocrite is actor. I mean, you be okay with where you are. If you look at where you are, God has already brought you <clears throat> to what the old saints say, a mighty long way. A he's mighty already, long yeah, way. he's already done <laughs> some things. And he's going to finish what it is that he started if we learn how to relax. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. The word justified means to be made right. I'm at peace with God because I have faith in God's ability to finish what he started in my life. And what people will come to do is to rob you of your peace and make you try to fix you. And every time you try to fix you, you're going to fall short. And then condemnation creeps in because you're not able to fix yourself like God is able to do it. And a lot of times all these folk that's that's, that's saying they live in uh, this certain kind of life, they ain't living that life. No way.
1: Right, yeah, that's what I know, and that's why I'm just like, okay, whatever. I would just rather be okay with where I am, and we'll just deal. Let you, God you're gonna, just you're gonna deal be,
2: hes gonna finish what he started. Yes.
1: Okay, so those are just some of my like favorite. I have a
2: list, like list and list. Well, let, my, let me throw this in, Val. Okay. Since we're talking about this, people will say that uh, uh, God gave you free will and won't go, won't go against your will. He did give us free will, but He reserves the right unto Himself to usurp authority over our will. Anytime we get ready, your will ain't stronger than God's will. That's what makes him God. Mm, okay. He can usurp authority over your will anytime you get ready. Jonah decided he wasn't going to Nineveh and preach, but it was the will of God that Jonah go and that Jonah preach. And at the end of the day, Jonah went and Jonah preached. Paul had no desire to be a Christian, but God usurped his will over Paul's will. So God will go against your will. We live in a a free society. There are times when you can join the military and go and fight. And then there are times when you're drafted Mm -hmm. into the military. And it's the same way we're being called to the kingdom of God. There's nothing in us that would want God. The reason we got saved is because it was the will of God that we get saved. We didn't decide to get saved. He decided to save us.
1: Wow, that was good.
2: Yeah, that's so. You know, folk. You know, these theologians that might be listening
1: because <laughs> they are. They're gonna. Yeah, they, they are gonna they be got, listening. You
2: know, <laughs> God ain't gonna go against your will, man. Please, if if we save, he went against our will. I didn't want. I wasn't interested in well, being saved. So
1: that is, um, I guess. Again, me coming joining church as a blank canvas, as a blank canvas. When you said like, you know, it's, it's two of us. It's at least two people inside of you.
2: Absolutely, at least a minimum, a minimum a, in your best state of mental health. You are at least two people. Can I prove it biblically? Of course I can. There's Abraham and Abram. There's Sarah, Sarai, there's Saul, Paul, there's Simon Peter. There's Jacob Israel. You are there's the natural you and the spiritual you.
1: Yeah. And yes. the spiritual I mean the natural me don't really want to have nothing to do with
2: Yeah, the, the natural was you, right. The natural <laughs> the natural you is off the chain. Absolutely.
1: Yes, my natural side might be a little bit off the chain. So, okay, let's get let's get into some of the questions because these questions, Pastor. So, I sent you a few of them. Uh So, and some of them I can kind of remember, and some of them I couldn't. So, okay, the the most the question that I got the most was. when you're praying and you have bad thoughts coming to your mind when you're praying, like how does that work? Because people are like, man, I be trying to pray and then I have bad thoughts. I may think of some something nasty. I might think of sex. I might think of something. I'm like, oh, I got to start over and redo it. And so, people should they feel bad about that, or myself included? Should well, we
2: well, feel bad about that? Well, that's the <laughs> en- that's the enemy. When you when you go to the throne of oh. grace to get help in the time of need, the objective of the devil is to distract you and bring evil thoughts to your mind. But you have to learn how to mature and cast down those thoughts and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The enemy does that when, you, when you're when you praying. Brings mm. crazy thoughts to your mind. Absolutely. And if the goal is to make you get up and stop communicating with God or the goal is to make you feel condemned uh, to the degree that you don't feel worthy enough to be on your knees praying. But it's called the throne of grace. You I think that a lot of people the feel the condemned
1: to where they just like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, not anymore but like, okay, this
2: I'm going to just you have to, you have to fight through that.
1: I, okay. Um. So, white Jesus. Now, I know. I feel kind of crazy because a lot of the stuff that I'm asking you can I kind of already know. Sure. But like, um, white Jesus. How do you feel about white Jesus? And another thing, I want to ask personally. Do you believe that the Bible was used in during slavery times as a way to keep slaves oppressed?
2: No. Let's let's deal with. White Jesus, and then we'll deal with uh, okay, the word of God being used to keep slaves oppressed. Uh, Jesus does not have, according to the word of God, he does not have blonde hair and blue eyes mm-hmm. and a neatly cropped beard. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah that Jesus was not a handsome man, that there was no beauty concerning him, that we would desire him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so blonde hair and blue eyes is actually the industry standard for beauty,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. That That's marketing 101. You mm-hmm. don't get ugly folk to promote your product, mm-hmm. right? So when they wanted to give Christ a mass appeal, that's what Christ's mass or Christmas is. It's oh. giving Christ a mass appeal. To give him a mass appeal, we're going to have to clean up the way he looks. So we're going to take what we call beautiful. And use that as the image of Christ, which is blonde hair and blue eyes. Jesus is not white. He does not have blonde hair and he does not have blue eyes. Not the one we serve. That's the Jesus from Rome. See, the one we serve is from Nazareth. Mm -hmm. He has a complexion like burnt polished brass, hair like lamb's wool, eyes like flames of fire. There is a distinct difference between the Bible Jesus or as I heard one brother say, the right Jesus and the white Jesus. They 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 <laughs> they two different they two different people. Mm-hmm. Actually, what these people are dealing with during this season is actually another Jesus. It's not the one that we serve.
1: Oh, so it's like serving two gods.
2: It's it's it's, it's, it's another god. It's another. Paul said, if they come up to you preaching another Jesus, let him be a curse. Well, why does he say that? Because there is another one. Well, what did he come from? He came out of Rome. He has blonde hair and blue eyes and a neatly cropped beard. And he he is the representative of what it is that they created to market so that they can make money off of religion. So. Jesus is not white. Okay. Thank you. Jesus, I, He's not white. Yeah. So.
1: You want, when we talking about the slavery, right? Like far as like, um, like being slave owners, I mean slave, the slave owners using the Bible to suppress slaves, right? Do you think that's? I want to tie that into like, a lot of black people doing a lot of research because, like, all this, the internet. So, like, that may be the reason why they don't want to have anything to do with religion. Because they're like, well, this wasn't our religion. This religion was gave to us by, you know, these slave owners and forced it on us. And, well, like, how
2: was this our religion? This here, here's the, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, you're but, good. But here's the, here's the problem with the whole thing. We're dealing with people who don't know who Jesus is. If you think his origin is Mary. You're already behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Everybody in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, believed in Jesus Christ. Mary is not Jesus's origin. If you look up Genesis chapter 7, chapter 12, rather, verse 7, it says that the Lord appeared unto Abraham. Well, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 tells us there ain't but one Lord, one faith and one baptism. Jesus kept trying to get the religious community to understand that before Abraham was, I am. They say, mm-hmm. you're not even 50 years old. And they took up stones to stone. He's trying to get them to understand. I didn't come from Mary. I came through Mary. I needed an earth suit to walk in this earth ram, and all bodies come out of the wombs of women. So what he really did was went in Mary's womb uh, as the word and put on an earth suit. He went in and changed clothing,
0: mm-hmm. put
2: a, earth, a, a terrestrial body on and came out of a room and grew up here and did the will of God and went back to where it was that he came from. So in terms of, of slave owners using the word of God to bind people, you can use the word of God today to bind people. But today it's not physical, it's binding people's mind. So people will use the word to keep you in slavery, but the word was actually designed to liberate you.
1: Right.
2: It was designed to free you, but when it's handled wrong and used craftily, you can use it. Uh, uh, to make people feel like they're slaves but but we didn't get uh, Christianity has been here even though it wasn't defined as Christianity it's been here all the way back to the book of Genesis that's Jesus walking in the garden in the cool of the day that's not the spirit of God
1: you know when you say that (laughs) <laughs> All
2: you got to do is go, go back and take your time and read it.
1: <laughs> so, you know, you say that. That's what my, my auntie told me, like, oh, you, she needs to leave that church. Like, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> No, <she> no.
2: <laughs> the Bible says that Adam is hiding from God. You cannot hide from the spirit of God. Not only that, the word of God declares that the voice of the Lord God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is Genesis chapter number three. First of all, God tells them in the day that you eat of the fruit there of, of the tree, you're going to die, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't die physically, obviously, well, obviously. So the only other death they could have experienced was spiritually,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if
2: they're spiritually dead, it means that they don't possess the ability to communicate with God by way of long distance. God can't reach them from heaven through the spirit because spiritually they're disconnected.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: That makes sense? Yes. Like if your phone dies, Mm -hmm. I can't contact you because the apparatus that we use to communicate with yours is dead. Right. So I would have to physically come to where you are. Right. Spiritually, they was dead. So God came to where they were. The voice of the Lord God came walking in the garden. To walk, you have to have legs. The spirit of God moves. If you go back to Genesis chapter number one, it'll clearly tell you that the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. To walk, you have to have legs. This is not a metaphor. He's actually walking. And then he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam's response was, we're behind the trees hiding. You can't hide from the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And the reason God asked the question, this is going to be really controversial right here. <laughs> The reason he asked the question, Adam, where are you? Is because he didn't know where he was. How could God not know where Adam is? Because when God is in the flesh, which is what you're looking at in Genesis chapter 3, he can only be in one place at one time. Now what? You just lost some listeners. <laughs> you can only be in one place at one time. Adam was just as dead spiritually as Lazarus was, nat- as Lazarus was naturally. And when Jesus showed up to where Lazarus was, Jesus asked the question, where did y'all lay him? Well, why is he asking the question? Because I wasn't here when you buried him. If you show me where he is, I'll raise him from the dead. Adam was hiding from the physical manifestation of God. He came walking in the garden to deal with Adam. And Adam said, we behind the trees hiding. We ain't trying to hide. We're actually hiding.
1: Okay. Well, amen to that. No, <laughs> Pastor, You going too deep. Well, I like, know. Come I know.
2: on, let me let me let me come back. But come I'm saying, come back, it's, bring it's, it back. It, but when, <laughs> when you're dealing when you're dealing with people that are researching, like obviously some of your your, uh-huh. your people that you're communicating with, mm-hmm. are, then you have to go deep to answer their questions.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm trying to show you that that's Jesus in the Garden of Eden, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That's Jesus in Genesis chapter twelve, verse seven, dealing with Abraham. That's actually the Lord dealing with Abraham. He was all the way back there, but he had, in those days, uh, he would manifest himself in the flesh in a glorified body. He needed a sin-laden body, and to get a sin-laden body, he had to go into Mary's womb to get it. That's what he did. He was the, he was, he was the word, according to St. John chapter 1, verse 14, he was the word made flesh. Well, where does mm-hmm. the word come from? In the beginning was the word. He was in the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega. If you got Jesus, if you're a Christian, you got the right God. You're on the, you're on the right path. Don't let people that don't have answers to some of your deep questions make you think that a Christian is not what you should be. That's exactly what you should be. And Jesus is more than a prophet. He's the Messiah. He's God manifested in the flesh. And people say, well, how can he be God and pray back to God? If I took a, 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 a glass, a pitcher, and I went down to the Detroit River and I dipped that pitcher in the river mm-hmm. and filled it with water. Mm-hmm. And I brought it back to you and set it on that couch over there. And I said, this is the Detroit River. Mm-hmm. Would I be lying or telling the truth? You'd be telling the truth. I'd be telling the truth. But in that picture, all that the Detroit River is couldn't fit in that picture. But everything that the Detroit River is could fit in that picture. If you examine that water on the microscopic lens, all of the minerals and composites that's in the large river is also in the water that's in this picture. So it's the essence of the river. God put himself in a body. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. He, was, he wasn't all that God is because all that God is can't fit in the body. But everything that God was was in that body. God is love. It was in that body. God is patient. It was in that body. God is merciful. It was in that body. God works miracles. It was in that body. He was God manifested in the flesh.
1: Hmm. So how do you, or what do you have to say about people that they want to be so done with religion? Because I meet a lot of people. They're like, no, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but I don't want to have anything to do with religion. Like, I don't want to go to church because I think that people equate church with control and hurt. Like a lot of people have been church hurt and People just have church. Church really got a bad name right now.
2: Yeah, In the minds of some people. uh, We've been hurting a lot of places. You probably got hurt on your job, but you got back up and went when you got better.
1: You know what? You are so true because this is the way. Let me just say this. Golly, that is so true because just yesterday we went. I went out. Right. LB is here engineering. What? And so another one of our friends, he said, I asked him, was he going to the bar? He was like, somebody got shot there last week. And I was like, but are you going
2: (laughs) like, uh. Will you be attending yeah, yeah. tonight? Yeah. Pe- people get hurt in environments. <laughs> environment.
1: get shot every day, V. Like, they, where are you going?
2: <laughs> they get hurt in environments. And it don't stop us from going back to the <laughs> environment because there's something in that environment that we want. Yes. Right? Yes. So just because you got hurt in church don't mean that you shouldn't go to church. And if that church is known for hurting folk, find you another church. But you don't stop. Going to church. Now, I, I read one of your questions about uh, God telling uh, Solomon that he doesn't dwell in tabernacles made with hand, even though Solomon. Why
1: would you skip to that question, Pastor? Well, you were taking with, over. On, on. It, I but ain't go taking ahead. over.
2: I'm saying you sent me the question. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying okay, to. Okay, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sure this was a, do. One of,
1: a guy who, um, he just recently started following me on Facebook, but go ahead, because that was one of the questions.
2: Uh, uh, God doesn't, he doesn't live in churches, he lives in us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. but it's a meeting place. It's like I, I graduated uh, from Edwin Denby High School, right?
1: Uh Oh, so you got your Denby people in here. They may be, they oh, may yeah, want to represent yeah, yeah. for you.
2: Denby on East side. Denby.
1: Well, no, because um, LB said the best school is Kettering.
2: That's what LB said. Well, God bless her, but she's going to be okay. She'll be okay. Okay. Kettering pioneers, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's where she graduated from.
2: Yeah, I went to Denby. I graduated from Denby. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, The people that taught me a variety of subjects, Mm -hmm. uh, those teachers would meet me there. They didn't live there. Right. They met me there. It was a meeting place for the teacher and the pupil, for the teacher to do the teaching and the pupil to do the learning. Mm -hmm. We met in in, in that particular environment. So that school was built for the purpose of the teacher meeting the student for learning purposes Mm -hmm. and for teaching purposes. That's the same purpose that the church serves.
1: Was he talking about X? What was it? Acts seven Acts
2: chapter number seven. Yeah, I read it early.
1: Okay, so you're so basically you're saying that it when he said that
2: the early church they met in people's houses. You, mm-hmm. build, you build a temple for the purpose of having a designated place where we meet for the purpose of preaching, prayer, prophesy, praise and and the teaching of the word of God. It's called the Holy Temple. That building is set aside for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So that we could stop meet. They stop meeting in people's home. There's nothing wrong with us going to the building to worship, meeting corporately
0: mm-hmm. and meeting
2: there and learning the word of God. And people said, well, you can learn the Bible at home. Well, you can learn how to take your kidney out at home, but you really need a professional to do it. Yeah, you do. And there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, people that God has set aside to teach his people. Yes, you can spend time in the word of God and you should do that. But there are people that God has ordained and anointed and equipped that know more than you know about the word of God. If you get in a legal situation, you can represent yourself. Yeah, but you'd be wise to get an attorney. Amen. If you have a physical abnormality, you could actually get a kitchen knife and cut yourself open. And take your own but you'd be wise to get somebody who has studied this that was set aside and that has that understand the intricate workings of the human anatomy to fix what's going on with you physically if they that's sick need a physician you don't operate on yourself right
1: yeah I agree I, I'm so
2: there's you know I understand uh people's uh uh disdain uh with church and religion and tradition I feel y'all man. I I, I feel a certain kind of way, and I'm a pastor Mm -hmm. who pastors the church, Mm -hmm. but I feel a certain kind of way about tradition and religion and a lot of the foolishness that goes on in church, but it's not every church. These are the, what we do is we highlight what church is concerned, we highlight the worst of us.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead,
2: there's some people doing some wonderful things. Our church is doing some wonderful things.
1: It is. We we
2: bought up houses in the community and to our members for $500 and restored these houses, I mean, like, over like, 20, 25 houses.
1: Well, I was going to get to that,
2: but since you want to, you know, leave Yeah, but I'm saying, podcast, let, let's not, <laughs> let's, not, I mean, you the host, I'm sorry. But, but, but no, you know, I, was get, wanting, I I wanted to excited. end with
1: that, so it can be, like, I wanted to, I really did want to end with that, what you're doing in the community, because I was going to get around to that. I
2: get excited, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, uh,
1: man. I, <laughs> no, no, no! I, it was, that was I, good. I kind
2: of am. I kind of am just, your pastor. I am. Yes, not,
1: you. Know. you are, yes, <laughs> yes, you are. But no, I do get that, and I do agree that we do highlight. All of the bad things about church, right. but but at the same time, pastor, people the stories I've heard from people that have been done to them in church. So this guy goes, okay, him and his wife go to um, marriage counseling, and then the pastor ends up sleeping with the wife. Come on, <laughs> like damn, like even if you had to sleep with somebody in the like, church, did it have to be the lady that you were um, giving marital counseling to?
2: You, you meant to say dang? I know. What I mean, I'm saying, sorry,
1: you know. I did mean to say dang. But come on, that was a cause it's some extreme stuff.
2: Of course, but it, it happens. That's horrible.
1: That's horrible. We don't
2: we don't wish that on anybody. That's a that's a that's a that's a terrible thing.
1: And I just was having a conversation. I
2: mean, I, I don't. They know there's no way to even justify. It.
1: <laughs> no, so that's, I was,
2: that's horrible. I was
1: having a conversation with um, a guy. He was talking about my pastor because you get into some crazy conversations when you tell people you have a pastor, especially a single pastor, and talking about forgiving, like, um, you know, like you, you, your pastor sin. I'm like, well, my pastor is a human being. Like, my pastor is not Jesus. So, like, well, what if he? I'm like, well. I believe that I should be able to forgive him because of the things he have done to my life. So I'm, I gave the, you know, like, well, if he's done all of these great things for my life, other people's life, and then if he falls short, should he not be restored or forgiven the same way we want him to forgive us? Right. Like, if he's a man, we all trying to make it to heaven together, not us. And then he, you know what I'm saying? He's not Jesus. So why can't I forgive him the same way I want to be forgiven? Absolutely. Like, if I can come to you and tell you all my crap and, oh, my God, pastor, I done did this, I done backslid, I done did this, I done, and then you fall short, then I'm like, oh, my God, it's in the world. Even though I do understand that some things that pastors do, I am, because you are held at a higher regard.
2: Well, we're held as, it's the same standard of righteousness for the pew and the pulpit, though. It's, just, it's the same standard of righteousness.
1: No, of I mean, course it is. but no, no. I mean, yes, I guess if this if it's we
2: we hold people to a higher regard in terms of the position that they have. But the reality is, is we're going to be judged out of the same book. Thou shalt not lie means to me the same thing it means to you.
1: So, no, I always thought that pastors get judged way hard, more harsh.
2: Well, in, in some instances, it does. Somebody, somebody presented a scenario to me. I thought was very interesting. I thought it was actually profound. And they said that people uh, won't be held accountable for being deceived, but the men of God will be held accountable for deceiving them. I, wow! I, I agree with that. So in that sense, it's a higher standard. But when we start talking about righteousness, the standard is the same. You know, it's amazing to me how that people can conceive children out of wedlock and want to be restored to to ministry Mm -hmm. and want to bring the baby and have the baby uh, dedicated. And we do all of that because the baby didn't do anything wrong. And if it got here, God brought it here. Mm -hmm. So there's still purpose attached to the child's life, no matter what the circumstances are concerning. The child's conception mm-hmm. so we don't we don't we don't uh violate the baby right and ostracize the baby because it came into the world under those circumstances mm-hmm. but let a pastor get a child out of wedlock
1: okay so let's just say boom let, wait okay let's just say the pastor got a baby out of wedlock okay that's one thing but what about the, the pastor that got his niece pregnant
2: come on pastor take it to another well, level well watch this watch <laughs> this if <laughs> that's I'm, too if, much if Valerie, if a member of a church get their niece pregnant, is it any less uh demonic? Is it any no, less it's not, unpalatable? But it's almost like a parent and child relationship almost. Well, it is, but when we talk, if 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 I'm if I'm a member of a church and I sleep with my niece right. and get my niece pregnant, is that not horrible?
1: That's horrible. Okay. That is horrible. Okay. So, but if you a pastor and you did it, if worse.
2: I, if I'm a passionate sleep with my niece, and get, worse. It, in your mind, is worse.
1: Yes, yes. In, in the mind, the way I perceive things, my your, perception is your, worse.
2: In your mind, is worse, but in reality, it's not.
1: Pastor, like, don't say that because it makes, it so, don't say that.
2: Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get my niece pregnant, first No, I know, of, of course not. But But still. I'm saying, in reality, it's it's a man having an inappropriate relationship with a relative on both ends.
1: And you know, that really happened. It was his wife's niece, but he did get his Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah, like, come on, come like. I remember that. It's like, ugh, it, that's extreme. I remember,
2: I remember. I know what you're talking about. We won't call it a name. No, no, no,
1: no, no. I, we, I, rem- I, remember,
2: I remember that. That was, a, that, was a, that was a terrible thing.
1: Yeah, and so, but it, even with how I believe, like, I have my, you know, I just said, like, no, I believe that my pastor should be, you know, forgiven. And I don't think that I still will want, I can still, still want to receive a word from you. I can separate, you know, your Eric from Pastor Wilkerson all the time. But even some things for me is a bit extreme.
2: Well, let's 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 go biblical with it. Uh, In the book of James, the Bible says, if a brother is overtaken in a fault, ye that are spiritual, restore him, considering, in fact, it says, restore him in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest Mm. you also be tempted. Just because a soldier fall on the field don't mean he ain't still got some fight in him. Mm -hmm. If you can get him up and restore him, you can put him back on the battlefield and he can still do some damage. The Christians are the only people that I know of that bury their wounded.
1: Right, you, not you the don't. Dead. Even, you
2: don't even have to be dead. You can still. You can be wounded, and they'll start throwing dirt on you. Wounded. I need to be healed. I need to be restored. And it, it, it depends on my attitude. Once my uh, infraction has been discovered, what's my attitude? Am I arrogant, or am I am I broken? Am I am I truly sorry? For what it is that I've done, people get people get it, it ain't easy. People get caught up in all kinds of stuff and all kinds of walks. Uh, so, do you
1: think that um, your level of forgiveness may be your maturity level? Because I just wrap my mind like I'm not mature enough to. Re- um, yeah, nope, not, not mature enough.
2: You're not mature enough to do it
1: to forgive. Like, oh, to you, for-
2: you you'll get over. It. You're gonna have to.
1: No, 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 not to forgive. Period. But I'm just saying, like, if if there are some things or some things that pastors can do, where I'm just kind of like. Ooh, yeah, that was a um ooh, that was a doozy right there.
2: I'm I'm gonna give you a scenario. Uh Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. You, you've heard of him. Yes. Okay. Certainly he's not a pastor. Mm-mm. But uh he had uh uh an interesting appetite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To say the least. To the degree that he desired human flesh, right? Mm-hmm. So he killed all these people and, and actually ate their flesh. Mm-hmm. And was caught and punished with a prison term.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When they interviewed Jeffrey Dahmer, he came into the interview room with a Bible. I think it was 20, 20, 60 minutes, one of those news mm-hmm. outlets interviewed him. He came into the interview room with a Bible. And they asked him about it. He said, According to this Bible, I have been forgiven.
0: Mm.
2: Now he said, You all may not forgive me, but according to the word of God. I have been forgiven. Now, when you get to heaven and you see Jeffrey Dahmer, right, and, mm. and he's there, what are you gonna? You gonna be like, I don't want to be here. Uh,
1: no, uh, I'm what, not gonna.
2: What's the alternative? What's the other? No, option? I'm not. No, if no. he's here, <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> no, if, no. If God forgave him, if he, if it, if he had a broken and contrite spirit, and God forgave him, guess where he is? He was later killed in prison when his soul exited his body. If, 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 if you and I can plead the blood and have our sins forgiven and covered. Why can't he? Now it's going to be. It, it, I, I could see it from one perspective, but had he ate up my brother, right, I would probably experience some level of anxiety and certain feelings because you ate my brother, right, right. Yeah,
1: I, it would so be more it's than different anxiety. in terms
2: of feeling. But the reality is, if he asked God to forgive him and he was sincere. About being sorry for his behavior, then God forgave him, and if God forgave him, He took his sins and threw them in a sea that we define as a sea of for forgetfulness. So what we do, you know, sometimes we'll jump in that sea. God for- God forgives. And, and, and <laughs> makes an attempt to forget, but what we'll do is we'll jump in that sea yeah. and watch this, swim past, <laughs> swim past our stuff yes. <laughs> that he put in there because he threw ours in there too. We'll swim past our stuff and get somebody else stuff and bring it back to the shore and say, "Look what they did."
1: Yeah, because sometimes people have to be reminded.
2: Yeah, and I use that. That's an extreme scenario, but yeah. it, it, it's 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 a real case. I mean, you know, w- we we should we should there's certain things we should do better because of the position that we occupy. We don't want anybody to stumble and fall because of our behavior. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, the sin is the same.
1: Okay, so we've been, uh, this is really good because we haven't been going kind of long. Okay, so I want to ask, I really want to ask this. Um, one of the people from Facebook asked, um, what became of Lilith? I, I didn't even know Adam had a first wife. Neither did I. <laughs> so is that your first time ever hearing that? Well,
2: no, I've heard it before, but Eve was adam's wife here's here's where the confusion comes in with that question. Mm-hmm. It is so important that we understand that the man in Genesis chapter number one is not Adam Faster okay, stop, okay because you, we don't have to, you. you just lost some more listeners <laughs> yes, listen I'm gonna show you something to look at i'm gonna oh. show you I'm gonna show you something to look at. I mean I can only do what I do
1: <laughs> wrap this up
2: Adam. was could not eat off of every tree if you go back and read the genesis chapter one account the man could eat off of every tree adam was made before the animals animals were made and they were brought to adam to see what he would call them. if you go back to genesis chapter number one you'll find that the animals were made before the man right Mm -hmm. adam was the man in genesis chapter number one had dominion over the whole earth Adam only had dominion in the garden and had he been faithful over a few things, God would have made him ruler over much. The man in Genesis chapter uh, number one was made in the image and likeness of God. Adam was only made in the likeness of God. He bear an earthly image. Okay. if you if you if you just go back and read and quit trying to make them be the same person, you'll see the difference between the two.
1: Okay, um, so we kind of went way over, so I have to wrap it up. But this is good. I have so many more questions that I want to ask. I know I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. I would say do a part two, but I know you're really busy. so We can do a part two if, if you, you like, yeah, Please, you want. if God put it on your heart, Pastor, that, that you may come back and do a part two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll do whatever you like.
1: Okay, so I really wanted to end on this note, and I wanted to tell people that because I'm so proud of the church that I go to, my church home, and everything that you're doing in the community. Because you know, people want to know well, how do pastors make money. I don't want the, these two things to tie together, but like I'm like, well, my church do some really good things in our community, right?
2: Right. And and I think I think we're supposed to do things in the community. Uh, the church has a responsibility to do some things in the community where that church is housed other than just meet and greet. Mm -hmm. And especially in a time when the city uh, is coming back and all these houses are for sale. The Mm -hmm. city can't restore them all. So we should take some of the money we raise and buy up those properties around the church, pitch the vision to the members and allow the members to move into those houses. And then we don't have to walk around carrying signs saying, hell, no drugs must go. Because if you buy the property, he who owns the land, make the Mm rules. So we've done that around our church. So there on these two blocks we we've got about twenty five houses and about that many more lots mm-hmm. that we maintain, and we've convinced twenty uh, to date we've got four more houses to fin- three more to finish mm-hmm. we've 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 gotten twenty families to move back from suburban areas. To those surrounding areas, right there at our church, and we provided them with great affordable housing that we renovated from the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, this, they this, got the, brand
1: new houses. It's not
2: junk. We yeah. put them together, took the money we raised. We didn't get any governmental funding. We took our tithes and offering, put those houses back together, put our members in there, and they only pay five hundred dollars a month, and we charge them five hundred because. You still gotta maintain the house and, and pay the property taxes and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So we're keeping it that's at, still a, really at a cheap min- yeah, rent. We're keeping it at a minimum. We have people that were paying a thousand dollars, eleven hundred dollars, and yeah. now pay five. So that's yeah. additional six hundred dollars a month for you and your family. Yeah. So that's the church actually giving back to its membership. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is what you're supposed to do. Take some of that money that you raise and edify and build up uh your community with it. That's our responsibility. That we have an obligation to do that. Yes. We're supposed to be doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many other great things. Not having weak men in church. Like, I had so many good things that I take. Yeah. Well, we got yeah. some. We got some
2: strong brothers. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But no, you are and I'm happy that you actually teach that. Like, you can't be like a whole gangster and then get saved and not you scared to go yeah, to the well, store yeah. in your church neighborhood. Yeah, well, like, you, know, you, you know, got we... to be able to get busy in them dress shoes, Pastor. You yeah. know, you might get to slip <laughs> and slide, but you know. So.
2: Girl, you...
1: <laughs> Okay. On that note. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end. And thank you so much again, Pastor. I love my you pleasure. so much my for pleasure. pouring into me. And look, look, my purpose has manifested, yeah, Pastor yeah, you're, right? doing,
2: you're doing a, I'm so proud of you. You're thank doing you a so much. Job. You're doing a great job.
1: Thank you. So we're going to have to come back with a part two. If you didn't hear your questions answered, we're going to do a part two. Hit me up um, on my Facebook, in the comments, my Instagram, at One Girl, One Mic Podcast. Y'all know where to find me at. I'm out.